Welcome to another episode of Wingin' Motown Radio. Uh, another, another episode, of course, because uh, us idiots, uh, and when I say us, I mean all of the people that we are going to listen to today, and our producer, Justin, uh, decided to start our show tonight uh, and then kind of tell us maybe about an hour, hour and a half all the way through that, oh, hey, guys, I wasn't recording. So, uh, everybody... Let's give it a little clap for Justin because, Yay. oh my God, you jackass. So, uh, yeah. Check out the big brain on Brad. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Yeah. But <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we are all on board and we're going to stay with you throughout the, the night, even though it is not going to be nighttime. So that's completely irrelevant. It makes no sense. It makes no difference. Uh, you're going to be listening to this during the day. But we are speaking at the nighttime, and uh, we're all tired, delirious, and or drunk. And uh, hey, so let's talk about it. Guys, we have JJ, we have me, your host Kyle, and then we have Mike and Peter. We're starting from the beginning, so this is totally weird. But how are you guys doing again? <laughs> Somebody stole my plants. Oh my god. I, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Remember? Yeah. Remember when we made you pronounce your username? Yeah. Do it again. Can you do that again, real quick, please? <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, it is straight out of Sverdlovsk, which okay. is uh, the Pavel Datsuk's hometown. And which Not... he said before, and where in the previous show, the Lost Show, the Ghost Show, ooh, the Casper <laughs> Show. Uh, he said that that's where Svechnikov is from, but that's not true. And I'm not going to try and repeat where Svechnikov is from because he's from somewhere far closer to Japan than it is Russia. Or, I'm sorry, Moscow. But, um, yeah, so. <laughs> it's almost to Russia. Russia. Welcome to Wing It Motown Radio version 2.0 this evening. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Nothing is improved, but we're, we're in good moods, though. Yeah, we're all in great moods. We're in slap happy mode, um, which which should make for really a really good show. Um, you know what? I don't give a shit how you guys are doing tonight. Um, we're just gonna jump right into what we got here, and that is the free agency period, which was uh, obviously happened quite a while ago. Um, the Red Wings made uh, three uh, distinct moves in the unrestricted free agent um, realm, uh, outside of Darren Helm, which. He signed a five-year deal with the Red Wings, which is, uh, I don't know, a big old full diaper. Um, but speaking of full diapers, um, the Red Wings signed they they signed Steve Ott to a one-year deal. They signed God, would you guys fuck up, please? They signed Franz Nielsen to a six-year deal, uh, and then they signed uh, Thomas Vanek and Steve Ott to one-year deal a piece um so i don't know i mean is there any deal really that sticks out to you guys that would be a home run <laughs> like i i mean for me no but i don't know jj oh, what about you i think that the the real the thing that happened on, on july 1st and free agent day that that i think 
kind of just ruined everything. It was just the timing of everything. Like, Darren Helm is probably the least popular deal we made um, as far as what makes sense. Because, I mean, Steve Ott is obviously the worst player we signed. That's a one-year deal, 850000 completely variable. What the hell ever? Who cares? Um, Vanek, one year, $2.6 million. If he sucks, it's one year. Get over it. Uh, Franz Nielsen, six years. Everybody's unhappy with the term. Um because nobody believes that he's going to be very good for six years, but we know we're going to get good years out of him. Um, but Helm, for five years, for a guy who can't score, uh, who relies a lot on his speed, and we're not sure that he's going to be able to keep his speed well past 30, and for that to happen, like we're all like waiting for free agency day to open, and we know that by now we've already known that, that Stamkos isn't coming, so we're already working hard on plan B, and we're going to do stuff, and we're all getting getting ready for, for shit to happen. And then before the starting gun, Darren Helm five years comes out, and that just kind of it just kind of pissed everybody off for the whole day. Like, there was just, had that happened in April, we could have gotten used to it by then and be like, oh, okay, fine, we signed Helm back then, but hey, we traded down to get the draft, uh, I thought we did well there, and, and hey, we... We signed Nielsen to a deal that's comparable to basically every other deal that went out, and it's actually maybe a little bit better than giving seven years to Milan Lucic. Um, you know, and we got the the Vanek where he's potentially a 20 or potentially even a 30-goal scorer for less than $3 million. That's fantastic. Um, and, hell, we wasted time on Ott because why not? Um, you know, had it happened in a different order, then I think that we'd all be a little bit uh, would have been a little bit happier. I agree. Uh, it's um, I think the Nielsen deal is one of those things. Whereas if it was a comparable to what Mike Green got last year, which was uh, three years for uh, eighteen million, you know, I think it'd be a completely different look uh, at this this off season so far. And uh, obviously, the Vanek deal was you know it's one of those low risk high rewards you know if he comes out and he scores 30 goals then hell yeah if he scores 20 goals then hell yeah if he scores 10 goals then like eh, whatever fuck it who cares um steve out is one of those things for me it's just like a i don't know it's like a like a like a big old blown up clown in the corner of your room it's like haha it's a clown but at the same time you're scared of it it's like oh it's a clown oh oh, oh god it's a clown um yeah so fuck that deal um you're not afraid of clowns no and i but i wouldn't keep one in my room yeah exactly so there you go i don't want Um, to blow up clowns watching me masturbate that's i don't want to know what about regular clowns Regular clowns, okay, yeah. <laughs> you got to show them. Who's, you gotta, as long as you don't break eye contact with them, you got to show them who's boss. God, I hate all of you. So Established much. dominance. Yeah. I just, I really hope. I, I hope you all just really. I hope you have a nice day tomorrow. But I really hate you. Um, <laughs> so it was a really weird <laughs> mix of free agency. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. It really could have been. I mean, the Red Wings could have went out and just. Given uh, uh, Chris Seven Russell years to Lucic. <laughs> See, here's the thing: is that I don't know. I I, I think that might have been better than giving Franz Nielsen six years. So, um, and that's just me, though. But um, because Franz Nielsen is 
32 and what is Lucic 30 or I'm sorry 29 28 Yeah, but Lucic plays the the very physical game that wears on people faster and also he's a winger not a center. Right. No, yeah, that, that makes sense, but Franz Nielsen also plays the the Zetterberg style of game where he's a he's a he's a two-way center who could get weighed on a lot. So, I don't know. You you, you don't know what other, either player is going to play out to be. Um I mean, I feel hmm. like if I it, I would maybe it, looking back on it now that I'm like kind of backpedaling a little bit here, maybe I'd be a little down on either deal. I would really, I really just wish that they would have signed Franz Nielsen to a three-year deal. So, but obviously they like him more than. than well, I mean, I mean the problem with this is like that's not that's not possible. I mean, like that that, that was never going to happen. You know, he was always going to get at least five years. I mean, the Islanders offered him seven. Uh, he turned down seven from the Islanders to come to us. Um, right. You know, so I mean, like, you know, I understand what you're saying. Like, I would have loved to sign him for three years, but like that, you know, I mean, that was never going to happen. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody was going to give him term. Well, I mean, I didn't. The Islanders, the Islanders offered him up like, like the max term, and like they were, they were, they were ready to lock him up for, you know, because w- would the Islanders be able to lock him up over eight years? They would have been. Prior to July first. Yeah, prior to July. 1st. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I mean, it, it really sounds like he he didn't want to stay. Right. Yeah. I mean, he he made it sound like he wanted to stay, but obviously that's just like, you know, that's like hockey professional athlete speak. But, um, you know, I think that Franz Nielsen will be good for at least two maybe three years and then by then we'll maybe know what the red wings are going and in, in like what what direction they're going so you know i i'm not too bothered by that as much as i am the i i i am definitely not bothered by the six-year deal that franz nielsen got over the five-year deal that darren helm got that's for goddamn sure yeah yeah, yeah. but that's just because darren helm just i don't know i don't think darren helm's that good so, but also like none of us were prepped for Helm. I mean, we we had all the comments from Holland of how it was going to be a, a big off season and a season to change and all that kind of stuff, and then same old Red Wings. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is and like, it was and it was the first one too. Yeah, like, it really we, was. It was like, we had the we had the yeah. big setup for moving the Datsuk contract. And we're like, oh man, this is really going to happen. And then it's just like pulling the rug out from us. Like, <laughs> no, it was like. For our Detroit resident listeners, um, it was like the Lions. Lions. It it was like the Lions taking a kickoff, and it was just running back for a a touchdown against the worst team possible, like a team that would you sure should win against. Um, It was just a bad way to start it. And then, like the you know the free agency period came, they signed those three players. Everybody was mad, and then. Luke Lindenning got re-signed for four years at 1.8 million AAV. Um, so it really does seem like everybody is very upset with what's going on. And uh, I don't know. Does anybody have any thoughts on like on from from start to finish? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're gonna if you, could, if you could put it in one word, if you oh. could put from where we started from Darren Helm to where we are right now, if you guys could put it into one word, what would it be? 
JJ, JJ, you go first. <laughs> Incomplete. Mike? Uh, come back to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with uh, disappointing. Okay, so that is a a former Isles follower right there telling you. Well, I, I mean, actually, I would say like the, I'm not I'm not near. You know, I'm I'm pretty happy with the Nielsen signing. Obviously, other than other than the term. Um. So yeah, I mean, going back to what I said. What was it an hour and thirty five minutes ago? Uh, <laughs> you know, so you know, you know, you know, my 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 background is, uh, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, you know, my dad was a season ticket holder for the Islanders. You know, so that's you know that's the team I grew up on. Um, and I, I'm guessing you know enough about the Islanders to know that when you're growing up. You know, at the time I did, like once the season's over, it's like there's no more games. You know, like there's this playoff thing is like, you know, this this magical, mystical thing that maybe one day you'll get to experience. And so, you know, uh, you know, so I always had a, a quote playoff team and, and, you know, that was the Red Wings, you know, so I watched the Red Wings growing up, um, you know, and then a few years back, I just I, it, you know, with the Islanders. I mean, obviously, you know, if we're talking about mismanagement, Jesus Christ, trying to be an Islanders fan for 20 years or whatever, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, Charlie Brown, like this year, Lucy's not going to pick the football up. This is going to be the year, you know, it's like 20 years of that, um, you know, so, so I made the, the, you know, the switch permanently. Um, and I mean, so, you know, I've seen Nielsen play a lot. Um, the one thing I think, you know, obviously, you know, with the term being long, him being, you know, 32 now with a six year term, um, the one thing I think that's going to be helpful with that is, you know, He's he's not somebody who relies on his speed. I mean, he does have the ability to, you know, kind of blow by people, you know, occasionally and, you know, get 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 a breakaway or something like that. You know, but I mean, he relies more on his intelligence, um, his ability to, you know, read a defense, be in the right place, you know, find the open spot for the, you know, the open shot or, you know, um, you know, read a defense and make a really good breakout pass or something like that. You know, so his his value to the team is 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 more his intelligence and his, you know, kind of like hockey brain i guess as opposed to just being like a like a purely physical uh um contributor i guess you could say you know so i think Mm -hmm. he might you know he might regress more slowly than than we might think i mean maybe not but i think there's at least a chance for that yeah i mean nielsen's a finesse player that's for sure um i mean and in in going back to what i was saying uh before uh i think that the nielsen deal is at least good for a couple of years um, and 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 that's hopefully what most Red Wings fans will feel. Um, but you know, if they don't, then whatever, fuck them. But you know, we're dealing with what we have right now. Uh, so long as Franz Nielsen stays as our second line center, I think we're we'll be okay for the time being. Um, I don't think Franz Nielsen's a first line center. Maybe he is. Who knows? I mean, maybe he finds the fountain of youth. So um, it is what it is. But uh, I don't know. I mean, moving outside of what we did in free agency, all of the questionable moves, you know, there's still some there are there are a couple of remaining moves with uh, Peter Mrazek and uh, Danny DeKaiser, Uh, one who was club elected uh, arbitration, the other uh, the opposite of that. you know there are a lot of uh, thoughts to be had there. Do you guys have anything? Uh, let's 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 start with JJ first. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you're looking at the Red Wings cap situation right now, and after Vitaly and Franzen go on long-term injured reserve, uh, you're, you you got about eight point three million 
for those two players. And you're likely not going to get, like, you'd be lucky to get them for less than nine. Um, so, so something's got to happen. Like, and you, you start to wonder, like, at this point, I'm not sure that actually going through arbitration with both of them wouldn't be such a bad thing. Um, I think that uh, that one or both, uh, I, I truly think that both are going to get signed before arbitration because the Red Wings haven't gone through arbitration with somebody um, for a very long time. Uh, they, they did go through with Hitler, but Hitler actually already signed in the KHL by the time that arbitration hearing happened. Um, Was so, Kyle Quincy the last one? No, they didn't even go to, Kyle, to arbitration with Kyle Quincy. It was like somebody in the 90s. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, I mean, they had, like, Kyle Quincy, Brendan Smith, Valtteri Philpola, like, a bunch of guys have filed for arbitration in the past. They just always get the deal done. So you're thinking that they're going to probably sign, give DeKaiser five years in the the $5 million-plus range. Uh, they probably want to get keep Mrazek to a shorter deal and not commit so much term to him. Um, probably three years, um, and they're... I think they're going to want to keep it below five million. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to. I think if uh, I think they're probably more likely to actually have to go through arbitration with Marazic than to Kaiser, but I think I would prefer the other way around. Like actually have to go through the arbitration with the Kaiser and get the the one year deal. Hello. Yeah, personally, I think that it would be. Um like, if it was up to me, I would hope that both players, both Marazic and DeKaiser, would get a, like, a bridge deal, basically. Um, DeKaiser would get, like, a three-year deal, and then uh, uh, Marazic would get a two-year deal. But I don't think that's realistic. I think that DeKaiser definitely will get a multi-year deal, like, you're talking like upwards of five to six years um, for at least five million per, and then Marazic, it sounds like he'll probably end up getting a two-year deal, um, which would be great. Because um, at the end of that de- that deal, um, if he is in, in in a like a, a standpoint to where he actually deserves to be paid, then great. But you know, I think that if it were reversed, I don't know. I don't know who I'd take more on like on a multi-year deal, like a over two or three year deal. I really don't know. It's kind of like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other for me. That's and then that's just how I feel about both of the players. Is there anybody comparable out there that's been signed this year to uh, to DeKaiser? Comparable to DeKaiser? Because we, we've ha- kind of had the Vasilevsky and the uh, uh, Freddie Anderson deals come through that we can kind of gauge Mrazek against? Uh, uh, not really. I guess uh, Tory Krug got, what, five years, 5.25? Right, but Tory Krug is a completely yeah. different player in a di- completely different role. Well, that's the thing that you can argue that even though they play different roles, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but if I'm if I'm a GM talking to an arbitrator, um, actually, honestly, if I'm if I'm DeKaiser's agent talking to the arbitrator, if I'm a GM talking to the arbitrator, I'm going to tell you DeKaiser's garbage and he's not worth more than three million because right. that's what he's supposed to do an arbitration. But 
if I'm De Kaiser's agent, I was like, yeah, they play different roles, but as far as like terms of importance to the team, De Kaiser doesn't put up points like Krug, but he plays defense like Krug doesn't play, and so that's why he should get that five-year, five point two five million. I think it's a decent comparable. It's not too much of a stretch uh, from solely an arbitration arguing decision. I don't think that the uh, that the fancy stats agree with with it, but also I don't think that arbitrators give a shit about fancy stats anyway. So that's where I'm at. Uh, they care about dollars. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I think had to that give five I think that... five million dollars to one of them, uh, I would give it to Mrazic, but I'm I just don't know, like because Mrazic is in the point of his career where like this is when we gave Jimmy Howard his deal that we're currently trying to trade and there is a comparison there. I do think Mrazic is better now than Jimmy Howard was. I I have more faith in Mrazic to to live up to the five-year starter role but as far as like spending big money to build around your goaltender, I'm not sure the Red Wings are a team that I want to do that right now. I think I would rather like take the chance that Mrazic stands on his head for like two years or maybe three years and then comes yeah. out and is like, hey, I want Sergei Bobrovsky money. And then you can be like, go have fun getting that somewhere else, buddy. We're going to go with Jared Crow now. Yeah, that, I mean, and you know what? I, I, I think I agree with you on that is that um, even though the Red Wings can't afford to really give either contract out, um, if it were to be either one, I'd give it to Dick Kaiser for sure. Um, because, I mean, they already have the same thing in, in Howard right now. So I would give Mrazic a two-year deal. And if he, like, just kind of rides the line of being good and kind of being bad in that time frame of two years, then you can, and he asks for that big money, then be like, you know, all right, see you later. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for for me, I think the problem is is it's kind of similar to both of them. That, um, you know, I don't think either one of them has proven to this point. I think Mrazic a little bit more than DeKaiser, you know, has proven that they're 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 you know one of those players that you want to give a long term deal to. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at like, uh, you know, DeKaiser's you know um, advanced stats, um, you know, in some areas he's he's looked really good. Um, his his stats were, I think, I, th- I looked this up before. I think they were better last year than or you know two two years ago than last year, um, which is you know the same for a lot of players. Um, and on the lost episode, you know, I said that you know I be i'd be uh you know much happier giving um Razik a longer term but then you know i think you know jj definitely convinced me uh that you know i, I mean I, i'm hesitant as well to give uh you know longer term to uh to goalies um especially one who hasn't really you know he hasn't really proved that for you know a, a long period of time yeah it gets to a point where it's like a it feels like shitting on DeKaiser unfairly because I know a lot of people are like view him as our best defenseman and there's a decent argument that he might be the problem is is that it's really hard to get a really good read because he's been stuck with uh, partners that have consistently dragged him down the entire team was bad last year Um, and he plays Position, especially as more of a stay-at-home guy, although he's honestly a, a decent offensive threat. Yeah. Uh, a position that is basically the hardest skater position in the NHL to judge, um, as far as the way the analytics go. His analytics are basically 
Um, they're comparable to Cam Fowler, who we talk a lot about not necessarily wanting to trade for because it's just another second-pairing guy. And that's the thing. I have total confidence that Danny DeKaiser can handle second-pairing role. Um, I don't, but that's the thing. If, if he's our best defenseman, and I'm confident that he can handle our second-pairing role, then is that a spot where we may want to consider... And that's the thing. is Danny DeKaiser is going to be a Red Wing for life. I have no doubt about that. But... I yeah, don't know way. if I don't I don't know if he should be, and I I don't really have a good reason. Like it sounds like I have to shit on DeKaiser here. I don't want to, but like this is this is an opportunity to maybe potentially save Ken Holland from himself um, in making a good deal at a bad time. I think is is what DeKaiser would end up being. Because I don't think he's going to be a game changer. I don't think he's going to grow into the next Lidstrom. Um, right. No, not at all. I think that he's going to have a, a successful NHL, NHL career as a serviceable defenseman. Um, but we're a team that's looking for D-men that are more than serviceable. Yeah, I mean, DeKaiser is basically going to be a middle pair, maybe a number two guy, whereas the Red Wings are looking for that bona fide number one guy um, that you can lean on to play anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes any night um, and, and, and produce for you. And uh, I I mean, I don't think the Kaiser is going to be that guy anytime soon. Um, I mean, speaking of uh, you know, plans and and, and roster changes and making signings. Um, There was a plan coming into the offseason, and that was to be aggressive and uh, make some trades happen. Uh, The big rumors were Jimmy Howard. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, Everything else was revolving around bringing a impact player on the blue line to Detroit and Obviously, so far that has not happened either, and uh, it doesn't really look like it's happening anytime soon. But there are a lot of names out there that are in the rumor mill. Uh, It appears that the top name is Cam Fowler. And while I don't think that that is the name that should be at the top of the list, JJ has some feelings against that and i think that jj you should speak a little bit about cam fowler and how you feel that he could actually be maybe a possible good acquisition for this team so let's let's see if i can remember how i said this earlier yeah yeah because it's it's been a while like what like an hour yeah like i i've been kind of on the bandwagon where like because you think cam fowler is the more like is the most likely move, uh, just because he's it just makes sense, um, and it seems like they're gonna spend Nyquist or Tatar and a pick to get him, which is gonna be an overpayment. Um, I, I think it's not gonna, be, I th- but the Red Wings are in a place right now where they Ken Holland has made all the moves. He's got 18 defensemen on the roster, um, 16 18 forwards. Yeah, 18 forwards. Thank you. Um, 16 if you don't count the the injured guys, which you shouldn't. And you knock it down to 14 by putting Athens U and Mantha in Grand Rapids. But you don't want to. You don't want that to happen. So you got to make room somewhere. Everybody knows that the Red Wings are desperate to get a defenseman. So you're going to have to pay more than you want to. I think that Cam Fowler right now has established himself as a 24 year old who can play in the top four, but he is not 
right now the guy that he he's basically he looks a lot like the Kaiser, like I said. So that's a, a huge gamble, and it's it kind of makes everybody kind of sick to our stomachs. Uh, and, and I was at a point where I was thinking like, well, you know, screw it, let's just play all the kids. But honestly, I, I think I'm more to the point where I like. I'm ready to just pull the plug on Woulette, Jensen, and Sproul because I don't think any of them at this point are going to be game changers. Uh, Ryan Sproul, Jensen is older than Fowler. Uh, Ryan Sproul is a year younger than Fowler and like two years older than Jacob Truba, who I'd like to trade for more. Um, and another guy I think is more realistic because like I, uh, the top of the wish list is Tyson Berry and Hampus Lindholm, but they're not reasonable. I mean, we're going to have to pay out the freaking nose for those guys, and we're just not going to get them. So with with Cam Fowler, the, the saving grace there is that at age 24, there is still room for improvement. Um, where there's maybe not as much of that with the Kaiser, who we hope that we hope DK could become the number one guy, but it's, it's not as likely because he's he's that much older. But but Cam Fowler is in, in the part of the age curve where he's not as likely to grow into a dominant number one guy uh, because he's 24 and he hasn't established that yet. But he's more likely than than Sproul. I mean, if you put Cam Fowler in the AHL all last season, uh, Cam Fowler clowns that league and none of the guys that we have down there and i know that that there are doubts about the organization's plan to keep defensemen down for that long and i've written about it myself about how i think that at some point keeping these guys in the ahl for too long is actually hurting their development because they're not learning against nhl guys and it may be to the point where it i'm worried that it's we we don't know what we have in sprawl but it's kind of too late to find out because we know that we what we do not have in Sproul is a guy who's absolutely dominating the AHL, and that's what we want. So, I think Cam Fowler is better than the the guys we have. Like, I don't necessarily want to trade for him, but I think we're going to. Um, I guess I'm kind of already making peace with it. And if it's the case, it's not a disaster. It's just a big gamble, and we've taken a lot of gambles. And Ken Holland has lost on a lot of gambles lately. Um, but there's always every gamble is a, is a new chance for. A, something that's not actually a fuck up uh, so, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping is that if I don't game Fowler it's not a fuck up I don't think the Red Wings will make a trade at all I don't think they'll trade for game Fowler I think they will unfortunately I think it'll happen after training game starts oh god that'd be so bad <laughs> yeah on, on the lost podcast you guys were talking about the, the benefits of getting one of these young guns in before training camp and, and i'm i'm kind of with you guys on that i, I think if it's going to happen it needs to be in time to get somebody acclimated and get them used to the city and get them time to talk to all the current roster players and all that but given all the things that ken holland has said about finding out what he's got in his team and all that kind of stuff i i don't see it happening before training camp yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the best interest would be to make it happen before training camp, before you, you came up and, um, you know, they do it in Trevor City, which is obviously yeah. ways away from Detroit. But, it, it you know, it is a big part of the Red Wings culture, um, spending the entire summer up in Trevor City. Uh, that's just kind of what they do. So, um, if it doesn't happen before then, it's not going to happen at all. And that's my opinion. Yeah. So, you know, you know, moving along from that, you know, (laughs) the plan hasn't really panned out. So, 
a plan that could pan out is that the reader questions would happen because the reader <laughs> questions always happen because we love our readers. So I'm going to pass that out to uh, JJ as always. JJ, why don't you read us off the reader questions? You got it. You are once again in my dojo, motherfucker. <laughs> Murderer12 wants to know is the summer photo contest returning this off season? And the answer to that is we don't know. Uh, we're basically looking for somebody to run that, and I'm not going to. So uh, stay tuned. Dan Borsma wants to know um, who's going to be with the Red Wings organization longer, Ken Holland or Blashill? And I said that it would definitely be Ken Holland. He would last longer because he will be promoted. And the person who gets moved into Ken Holland's spot will probably fire Jeff Blashill. Yep. Make his mark on the organization. Yep. Yep. TLDR, bitches. <laughs> Will the streak survive one more year? I said no. I said no. Yeah. I said yes. I was optimistic and sappy. That's not optimistic. I also honest. think yes. I don't think the Red Wings are as bad as the fan base has made them seem, and I think the Atlantic is garbage. <laughs> so, Kyle did mention earlier that uh, it's possible that we're fighting with Ottawa for the basement, and I can't necessarily argue against that because that is absolutely possible, uh, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if usage patterns don't change vis-a-vis worn-out veterans versus kids who need an opportunity, Uh, but I'm going to be optimistic, so kiss my ass. Uh, What's the bar set at to consider Larkin's next season a success? And I set it as pretty much the same as what he did in his freshman, his his first year, basically. Yeah, I think last year was, what, 23 and 45? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said agree. 50 yeah, I mean, points playing on the second line. If he scored 23 next year, I'd be ecstatic. I'd yeah, like I, I don't think he necessarily... I don't think he necessarily needs to um, improve in his points output, but it needs to be very promising. Like, I think that he needs to take on a a bigger role, uh, even if it comes with, with fewer points. Uh, he needs to fight through uh, the sophomore slump. Uh, so yeah, if he puts up the exact same output and plays a little tougher, then that's a definite improvement. Um, success for Larkin right now is improving. It's not taking over the team. Um, although that'd be nice, but I don't want to set that as the expectation. That would be fantastic, but not necessarily. That's not the bar for success. Stafford Infection, which I love that name. It's a good name. Uh, has the past three weeks been the most drastic decline in optimism for the future of the Road Wings that did not involve a lockout? Uh, basically, after the Datsu trade, we were all pretty happy and excited, and then Stamkos decided to stay in Tampa, and then the Helm signing, and then the rest of that, and then the Glendening re-signing, and then the fact that we hey, still haven't traded for a defenseman. Like, people are pissed. <laughs> I'd say that for me personally, it would be the last time I felt this bad was when Lidstrom left. And uh, it was completely different terms, obviously. Lidstrom retired uh, in an honorable way, whereas uh, Pavel Datsuk, I don't want to comment on that right now because I could go on for a very long time, but um, I don't know. 
I think that it might be the worst I felt since Nick Lidstrom had left. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily feel bad about it, but definitely, I'm feeling probably more uncertainty than when Lidstrom left. Because when Lidstrom left, we still had Datsuk and Zetterberg, you know, performing better than they right. were this last season and all that. And it's like, well, we know that's going to be a big blow, but um, hopefully we can pull something out of our asses and, and, and be okay. And, and we were serviceably okay. Um, but now, like, losing Datsuk and, and our, our whole plug on that is Franz Nielsen. And no knock against Nielsen, but, you know... It's. It feels like we definitely downgraded this year, and I, I haven't felt like we've truly downgraded without a plan in a while. I mean, I, I know for me, like, it definitely felt, I guess, um, I think last time I said disappointing in, in one word, but I think maybe, like, I don't know, I felt, like, kind of, like, deflated, you know, like, um, yes. not, not not like I had this super huge, like, everything's going to be amazing, but it was like, you know, after we, you know, we moved the Datsu contract, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're, we're going to make some, make some good things happen, and, you know, like we talked about before, you know, kind of like the one-two of, you know, Stamkos re-signing with Tampa, and then Darren Helm signing, I think was just kind of like a one-two punch. I mean, like, although I, I was, I, I wasn't as confident as other people seemed to be, like we were, that we were going to get Stamkos. I mean, I thought we had a chance, but um, I didn't, you know, I didn't think we were, you know, a lock or anything like that. Like some people might, you know, kind of seem to think, you know, that we had much more of a chance than we did. Um, but I think, I, you know, like we said before, like the timing of that Darren Helm signing, I think, was just like deflating, uh, you know, at least for me. Yeah, it certainly did uh, kind of set the course for everything. And I think that Red Wings fans are always, like already a little bit sensitive to bad contracts just because of what's happened in the past, and rightfully so, obviously. Um, so, you know, that's why I don't think it was a very good off season, and that's why I don't know anybody who has thought that is it was a good off season so i think this is the most drastic decline in optimism that i can confidently talk about like i wasn't around for the dead wings era so i I couldn't tell you about that but i think that the rise of the internet has made us a lot more aware of it um honestly after the team bowed out to edmonton and we saw what we knew was going to be um, Steve Eiserman's last game basically limping off. Um, like, I, it's it was so long ago that I, I, I I'm having trouble, like, so really, much. really picturing it. But that summer probably had a real, can real same kind of feel. I, I think, um, I don't know. Like, I, we can't go back and, and look that up, and, and I can't necessarily speak because I'm basically way more involved in the Red Wings than than I was even back then. Like, I remember thinking that, like, that really, really sucked. But mm-hmm. that one, that that might be the the, com- the comparable moment. Uh, Kepi wants to know, basically, are we optimistic for the season? I think we've discussed that. <laughs> but additionally, how do you like your barbecue ribs prepared? Uh, just, like, I don't know, normally, I guess. Just, like, all, all together. <laughs> Not spare ribs, I don't know. Okay. If, if I'm barbecuing ribs, I'm probably drunk by the time I'm eating them, so I don't really care. 
Right on. Hmm. I'm not really sure what they mean. I mean, like, you know, cooked forever. You know, cooked for a long time, definitely. If they're not cooked for a long time, they're not barbecue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, otherwise you're talking about, like, grilling ribs. Right, yeah. I like, uh, you know, a good dry rub and just let me decide on how saucy it goes. I hate dry rub. You're bad. <laughs> so many not jokes. Because, not because of barbecue. Yeah. Because <laughs> it shapes. I, hey, uh. I, I think I'm with you, though, JJ, on, on the preparation. You put a nice dry rub on there and you let it caramelize, and then you just, like, brush a light little bit of sauce on top of it periodically while while everything finishes cooking and then you just have a nice bowl of sauce next to you when you're eating so you can sauce them up or not sauce them up how you want there's so many that's what she says oh my god i like it hurts me to not say anything right now Ugh. anyways next question lancerman uh, just says, we just saw how the right coach with the right team playing the right system can light a fire under a team and even win them a cup uh, granted, the Wings do not have a CrossFit or Malkin, but they do have some talent. Do you think there is something in what Blashill is trying to do that hasn't been implemented yet? Should we be expecting anything different? Do the new players fit what he is trying to do? What kind of influence will the new assistants bring? That's a lot of questions, Lanceman. Good yeah, job. Good lord. Wow. Uh, why don't you start us off, Mike? Okay. Oh, gosh. What was the first one here? Um, do you think there's still something that Blashill is trying to do that hasn't been implemented yet. Yes, I think there's a lot that he's trying to do that hasn't been implemented yet. Um, again, with the too many voices in the locker room issue last year, but I think Huda and Torchetti are going to... Torchetti? Did I get it right the second it's time? Torchetti, yeah. yeah. So I, I think they're... I think they were brought in to help him kind of batten down the hatches and establish a... Look, it's not this is not a democracy. This is, we say it and you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's going to help. I, I do think we should expect a couple things to be different. I don't know that we should expect drastic change, um, but I think we should expect to see a couple of new things as for players fitting in. I mean, Torchetti came from Minnesota. Vanek came from Minnesota, maybe not on the best terms, but obviously there's going to be some familiarity there. So hopefully Vanek fits with some of the power play stuff that's going on. Aside from that, Franz Nielsen should be pretty professional. He should be able to blend in and Steve Ott's going to ride the pine pony. (laughs) Kyle. I think that we won't. I mean, we might blame it on systematics, uh, whether Blashill makes a, a change or not. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be blamed on personnel in terms of like who's on the roster. So um, I don't know if you if if I'm a betting man, I think the power play is going to suck next year. Or next season. Uh, if I'm a bet man, I think the team is going to suck next season. So I'm a bad person to ask. I I'm, I don't feel very po- like very positive going and into you went from drunk to surly real quick. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to my. You life. get you get ninety minutes of of happy Kyle. Yeah, hey, you only get ninety minutes. And that's all Justin's fault. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the question, you know, that, that we've kind of been asking for a while is, you know, how, uh, you know, how much is this Blashville's team? You know, how, how much is, is he really able to make all the decisions that he wants to, in ter- you know, either in terms of personnel or whatever? Um, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I, I, seem, I seem to remember the, like... You know, it seemed in the beginning of the year that it was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, the kids are going to play and stuff. And like as the year went on and it's like, oh, now we need to make the playoffs. You know, now we're going to have the veterans play. You know, like he split up uh, who's a Cronwell and Erickson and then he put it back together. You know, like how how much of this is 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 what he wants to do. And I, mean, I think for him, you know, I mean, he's going in. He knows that he has to do well. So, I mean, I would imagine he's going to do everything possible to be making, you know, what he thinks are right, right decisions because it's going to, you know, it's going to either cost him his job or not, you know, depending on how well we do. I think that, honestly, Blashell and this is, I, I think that Blashell is just playing the puppet right now. He's playing puppet gonna, for the puppet. He, I think he's playing like the like puppet for the puppet master right now. I'm going to go totally optimistic and say that Blash. I don't think that the Red Wings have enough talent to do what the the Penguins did last year as right. they're currently built. Like I don't think it's going to be like a holy shit they made a whole run to the cup out of nowhere. But I think we are going to get a team with an identity, and I think the identity is going to make us happy about the promise for the future while still having plenty of worry about all the contracts that are still going to be fucking us in 2019 because for some reason that just seems like the random year that everybody picks like the the year that everything sucks um without considering the next you know three years so i think that we will see a team that we will be happier with um than we were at the end of of this season uh we're not going to be totally happy with it though we're we're we may not even make the playoffs but i think that uh i think that we'll see that there's a process and there's going to be some sense to it at least man i hope you're right that's as optimistic as i can get we might miss the playoffs and be okay with it that's literally what what i've got here Mm mm-hmm uh, Grand Moff Larkin, which of our offseason signings hurts us the most in terms of growth as a team? Well, that's an easy one, right? Uh, Everybody say it together on three. One, two, three. Helm. Nielsen. Oh, Nielsen. That's bad and wrong, but okay. You think Nielsen more than Helm, Kyle? Uh, I guess I was just thinking in terms of, like, players who aren't on the team so yeah i guess helm is this is the most but i mean if you want to go if you want to go with that then i say glenn denning so there you go yeah it's five more years of him taking up that's the thing it's, it's, it's just another like a mistake signing it's not yeah, like glenn the end of the is, world yeah. yeah but glenn denning is fucking garbage and and helm isn't great but at least he brings something yeah helm yeah but glenn luck. denning's gonna sit on the fourth line or possibly even the bench by the time his deal is no, done. No, Helm's going to get trotted out the same way he was with Datsuk no. as a potential two or three liner and he's not. No, I disagree. Yeah. I don't think Helm is going to is going to play the same role that he did when when Datsuk was around because Datsuk isn't around and I don't think that Glenn Denning will ever sit because he's Glenn Denning um, and Glenn Denning, while you could argue that he's a fourth-line player, the Red Wings absolutely 100% do not use him as a fourth-line player. They use him as a shutdown player, which is one of the many problems of this team right now. 
literally what's going to happen with Helm, best case scenario, is Helm plays with Shayan, and you use Helm's good ability to move the puck between the circles from the Red Wing zone to the circles in the opponent zone, and then Helm feeds Shayan, who uses his wrist shot more often. That's that's what's going to happen, and it's going to be great. Eh, um, not that. Up next, Operator Z. I'm gonna. He answers a question that the uh, that the commenters then answer. He asks a question, the commenters then answer. And this is literally the only time where I want to hear the commenters answering shit in here because, <laughs> like, this constantly happens. Like a bunch of questions, and like, oh yeah, you want to answer all the questions? Nobody cares. I'm not going to read your answers except if they're good and funny. Operator Z says, "Why ought?" And DDT Tank says, "Why not?" There you go. That's the only time I want to see you answering questions in there. I hate you all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean that, but it's it's been... I have no answer for that. Uh, Akadiani 6, does Athanasiu get buried in Grand Rapids to start the season? Yes. As it is yeah. right now. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. How long is he there? Halfway. December, yeah. Yeah, I can say February. That. Which is bullshit, and I hate it. Mm. He should be seeing 82 games if he can make 82 games without being injured. Maybe by December he'll be an AHL star. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, maybe. (laughs) But it won't matter because it just doesn't matter. Uh, Birdtire wants to know if we're buying or selling on Vanek scoring more than 20 goals this year. Um, I'll sell. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not because of the player. It's because of the team. That's all. I mean, I, I think it's it's going to depend on how our power play is. You know, if our power play is improved, I think he could get get twenty. Um, if not, I think he's going because I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of his points on the power play if if he does. I just don't think this team is that good. So yeah, we got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy. I'll I'll take Vanek at, at twenty or twenty one goals next year. I mean, he put up what eighteen last year in Minnesota, and that's literally the only time <laughs> in his whole career he has failed to score twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That high and his fam. Yeah, and I mean, he even sat out like what ten games for for the attitude or whatever, closing in on the end of the year. So. Hopefully the buyout sends the message of being being every dayer, and yeah, I think he gets there. Yeah, I'm buying. I think he's the linchpin of the improved power play, um, and he easily scores 20. Uh, but I'm not willing to gamble on 30. I give yeah. him 19 goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think 30 is a reach. Yeah, I'd I'd put him in the 20 to 25 range. I think I'll score Ablicator. Well, that's not too hard. There so is a thirteen bold goals. prediction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, God! Uh, Nick wants to know: Do you feel like Ken Holland is trying to do what's best for the team, or is just making a bunch of signings to get people off his back? Would you rather have stood pat? Um, doof. Because if you would have stood pat, then I mean. I mean, are you talking about standing like standing pat at the draft or standing pat at free agency? I don't know. Let's answer the first question first. I know, but okay. Um, 
He's doing what's best for the team, right? Yeah, I mean, like I don't think Ken Holland is making. I think he's he's doing PR work, but I don't think he's signing people just to say, "Hey, I signed people." Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I moving on into <laughs> something else. Like, obviously, you need to think like he's trying to make moves for the team. So if you go back to the the Datsuk trade, he was trying to sign Stamkos. And right. obviously they couldn't do that. And that was obviously a move for the team. So obviously he's trying to make moves yeah. for the team, whether you believe that or not. I, I think that every general manager is trying to make moves for the team. I, I think he's trying to make moves for this season. And with complete disregard for what's going to happen in two, three, four, five years. Maybe not complete disregard, but some level of disregard of, you know, that's a problem for future Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Of all the players on the roster, asks Datsuki and Freak, who do you think flourishes the most in this coming season on the power play with the coaching change? I mean, you'd hope it'd be Vanek, right? Yeah. But... For yeah, me, like I said, he's a linchpin. It would be Vanek or I hope it's Mike Green. Brendan Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Green or Brendan Smith. Either one I'd be completely happy with. Part Mike two, out of, out of Smith, Green, and Marchenko, who improves the most this season on our blue line? Green? No. Mm. Marchenko. Yeah, I guess Marchenko would be good. I mean, you'd like to see Marchenko score some more points. So, yeah, Marchenko, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, I think he's got the most room to grow at this point, too. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's breathing into their mic? Not me. I'm playing with the mute button. Got Darth Vader over there. Okay. Timmy Timmons. Ask us to pick one player from the following list and give us a favorite memory from those players' career. Just pick one. You don't have to do it for everybody. Out of I, How, Eiserman, Zetterberg, Datsuk, and Lidstrom. One favorite memory from one of those players. None of us want um, Yeah. And mine would probably be Datsuk. Um, like, in terms of pure shock value, just Datsuk, when, at that game against Nashville, when he just danced through pretty much all five and scored that ridiculous goal, even though that game they lost. It was just, that was one of those moments where I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That was, that was like within recent memory. Yeah. Good answer. Mike. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with an off the ice answer, but Datsuk, when he won the lady Bing, and I don't remember which year um, when he won, but I, I think this was one of the first years that they were actually publicizing and airing the NHL awards um, on versus or whatever the hell it was at that time. And Datsu gets up there on the stage and, and I'm watching with some buddies and we're drinking beers. And one of the guys goes, does, does he even speak English? And he gets up there and he goes, um, Thank you. English is short, so speech will be too, and walks right off the stage. Yeah, I believe what he yeah. said was, my speech is big, but my English is small. 
I think that's yeah. something along the lines of he said, but it was. Yeah, I, I remember exactly what you're talking about. That yeah, was really, and and, that and was we funny. all that just a, laughed our asses off. That was a that was definitely a Pavel Datsuk moment. Yes. Yeah. Younger Pavel Datsuk, of course. Yes. Peter. Peter, Peter button. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I, I was I I wasn't sure if it was me breathing heavily, so I hit the mute button and I forgot to hit it back. <laughs> anyway, um, so for me, it's it's control Eiserman yourself moment. over there. Yeah. So, so it's Eiserman, um, uh the double overtime against St. Louis. You okay. know, just because you know I'm you know like I said you know I wasn't really paying as much attention, uh, but you know growing up I watched you know because that that was back when the games were on ESPN and you know I watched pretty much every playoff game and I mean that just sticks in my mind as like you know like that's the Red Wings you know it's like the goal the celebration like the announcer like it just like for me like that's that's what I think of. I'm going to go with this is this is tough. Uh, Eiserman handing the cup to Vladdy. Oh God, that's a good oh one. yeah. You can't that's, go wrong with that. Yeah, that's a good one too. Just the the thought of that just makes makes me happy, makes me feel warm. Um, also, which current Red Wings players most match the following Pokemon? Uh, who's this team's Pikachu? Ah, uh, Tatar. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the uh, Charizard? Uh, Brendan Smith. He's the no. only one who gets big and angry. I think no, it's Applicator. I, yeah, Applicator's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because like, Charizard is like, you can't train me. He's just good shit attitude. Well, that should be Pikachu, but... Yeah. If you go, if you go by actual Pokemon rules, but... Uh, who's the Jigglypuff? Uh... Jigglypuff it would have been Brad Richards, but <laughs> no, Jigglypuff is like uh, I would say I'm going to say Marchenko's Jigglypuff. What 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 about Karen Newman? Sings you to sleep? She doesn't play for the Red Wings. Damn. Yeah, Red Wings players, so we can't. Oh man, we can't cheat here. <laughs> Serious question, guys. Damn it. Integrity. This is real, bro. This is real. <laughs> Honestly, I think Tatar would be a good answer there, too, because it's the singing thing. Tatar seems like the kind of guy who would do karaoke the most. <laughs> but I really yeah, but like Tatar would Pikachu. be karaoke like Megadeth or something. I could see Pikachu singing Megadeth. I'm sorry, Jigglypuff singing. Never mind. <laughs> fuck this. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck it. Marchenko's Jigglypuff. What, a, what the hell ever. And then uh, finally, Squirtle. Squirtle would definitely be uh, Brendan Smith. Just yeah. because the name's just like Squirtle, like oh shit, Ugh, squirt, squirt, squirt the puck out. Oh, oops. Wouldn't that be Erickson then? Nope, it's Smith. I don't know. I, I mean, Smith's already got the brave little toaster moniker as well. So he's just so good at it. <laughs> it's Smith. Oh, just because it's funnier. Yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> If there is no trade made for a 1D this season, off-season, what is the most anticipated move made? Personally, I would like to see Erickson on LTIR in the fall. Okay, <laughs> that's not going to happen unless he's actually hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Or without any trades made, moving both uh, Xavier Willett and Ryan Sproul up into the lineup. Uh, I guess Sproul would be the one, right? Um, yeah. I'd be, that's probably, honestly, the most... <laughs> 
realistic is that you see Ryan Sproul moved into the seventh defenseman slot. Uh, anything else outside of that? I don't know if I'd be comfortable with. I mean, I, I'd be okay with my, maybe Marchenko and Sproul rotating the seventh D slot, but outside of a, a trade happening, which doesn't seem to be plausible, you know. Yeah. Eh. Maybe after all those comments at the uh, end of the season presser about not having to play guys based on their contract, Erickson in the seven D. Mm. Erickson on waivers. Well, Erickson on waivers is never going to fucking well, happen. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah, but conceivably, I mean, maybe they'd put him as the seven D and and roll a uh, Sproul Marchenko or Ula Marchenko pairing or something like that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, sure. Holmes from ninety one ninety six wants to know: Are you going to, or have you gone anywhere fun for the summer? If so, where? Uh, <laughs> You're going to the WIM meetup in August. Yeah, so that was going to come later after the uh, reader questions. But the uh, yeah. the WIM meetup is actually on August 6th in Ferndale, Michigan, which is Metro Detroit. If you are in the Metro Detroit area, then you are more than welcome to show up. There will be a post about it later this week, uh, or next week, I should say. So stay tuned. And it will be awesome. Um, outside of that, mine was Buffalo, which was where the draft was. And it was awesome. Yeah. Right because all the awesome things that happened. Like the Pavel Datsuk trade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get to be uh, in order. Where? What? You get to be where? Oh, I get to be in Orlando pretty soon so that's that's gonna be fun it's gonna be awesome (laughs) a lot of floridians there that's something yeah Yeah, i'm going to wildwood in new jersey Hmm. that should be fun be careful for the bees nests oh no (laughs) or mud daubers (laughs) they're they're everywhere (laughs) call back to two and a half hours ago yeah (laughs) It was a dumb conversation then. It's still a dumb conversation. I apologize. Uh, I went to Omaha last week. We uh, took the family, went out to the zoo. It was fun. Doesn't sound fun. Fuck you. Omaha Zoo is fun. <laughs> That's just because it's Omaha, not because of your family. Your family is great. Yeah, it was like a practice road trip. Like, where if, if everything. Yeah, you got, you got youngins, yeah. Yeah. The kids absolutely loved it. I loved it. I don't really like zoos, but I had fun there, so. That's good. Zach, you met, uh, you met the, what was it, the Oilers fan? Right? Yeah, I met an Oilers fan at the Omaha Zoo uh, from Saskatoon. Um, <laughs> cool story, bro. Zach T36P uh, wrote a freaking novel here that basically, do you believe Mike, or actually, do you believe Illich cares about the organization? Essentially, uh, there's the concept of everybody's moved, he's moved on to trying to win a championship with the Tigers and like kind of doesn't care about what happens with the Red Wings. Well, I'll say this right now as a, a resident of Detroit, if he cares about only winning a championship with the Tigers, then he has passed his window uh, probably just as much as he has passed his window with the Red Wings. Um, actually, earlier today, I was making the comparison of both the Tigers and the Red Wings. 
pretty much like where they're at right now. They have a bunch of big contracts uh, that kind of just cripple them. Uh, the only difference is one team has a, <laughs> a cap system, the other team doesn't. So um, I think that maybe Illich cares more about one team than the other, and that is the Tigers, but uh, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. So, yeah, I don't. I think that argument is completely irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Step aside. Ken Holland asked a bunch of questions, but I'm only going to ask this one because this is the only one that's not a clown question. Um, if the Red Wings get a second buyout window, which would involve both Morazic and DeKaiser actually going to arbitration, I believe. Uh, and if uh, the wings end up over the cap by two or three million dollars, do you see Erickson being bought out? No. I mean, it, it would have happened already, right? Yeah, Probably. Exactly, it would have happened already. I don't. Well, I, mean, I don't this, see it. This I don't see window, it happening. This would put them over the cap. It would force them to have to make a move to get cap compliant. They uh, buy someone else out. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd buy anybody out. I think they would just trade somebody. If you end up only yeah. two or three million dollars over the cap, you move Nyquist out, and you've got space. So. Yeah, they they they'd make a trade that would make everybody extremely angry. Yeah, yeah, I don't see about it happening. Yeah, uh, let's see what happened to the Wings' praise overseas scouting that brought them so much success in the late '90s and 2000s. Is that yeah. a thing of the past and no longer relevant? No. Asks Bus Number Thirteen. No, it's not something that's relevant, irrelevant. Um, the Red Wings still very much hold a lot of. Uh, a pride in their overseas scouting. As a matter of fact, uh, they just hired a new goaltender coach in Sweden, um, uh, and that is straight from Hakan Anderson's mouth. Um, they still very much value European scouting, um, and Hakan Anderson is still the maestro of that entire realm. Um, and if you don't believe me, then you can go back and listen, or not listen, but read my uh, posts from the draft this year. And if you still don't believe it, then I don't know what to tell you. Because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Con Anderson still is very much right in the center of all of that, as he has been for many years. So, I think it's a case where we haven't gotten worse, but the rest of the NHL has gotten way better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's easy to do that. I mean, you look around the league, but if you look past a couple of years, you know, a couple of years, there's not there's not many players. I mean, what's the most recent one that has been a complete like emerging star? Would it be Tarasenko? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm whatever. He was taken what 16th overall. So I don't know, maybe Chalowski steps in in a year or two and turns into an all-star. So just chill the fuck out, people. Yeah. Yeah. Hollar2121 wants to know who provides and records the data for advanced stats. Essentially, it seems like uh, those stats seem a bit off. It's different people, different eyes, and potentially different methodology for something like what constitutes a hit. How accurate is the advanced data, in your opinion, and who is compiling it? First off, I will answer the hitting is not an advanced stat, so that's not important, but what do you think? You don't know the answer to this? I do. Not really. Hits are actually recorded um, rinkside just by one of the the coaches or something, right? Some some random tally person? The official score. 
Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. So, I mean, if you can get a friendly scorer like on your side, Justin Applicator, if he knows the guy can say, hey, pump me up a couple this match, and maybe he's generous with them, and, and maybe he's not. I mean, to answer the question, it's the way it happens everywhere. Yeah. There is an official score at every arena. Every arena is known to for some sort of a bias, uh, which is why you'll see places like Korsaka Hockey um, have adjustments for venue adjustments, specifically because we know that, that hits are crazy. Um, Columbus is well known for being... Uh, a place where they get credited with a shitload of hits, um, where other places not so much. Uh, there are places where it's uh, what constitutes a shot attempt. Like there's a lot of like dump ins that get counted as just missed shots or vice versa. So there's there is definitely noise in the advanced stats because they are collected at the arenas. Um, they're kept by the NHL. Um, they're most of the advanced stats, because a lot of people don't don't trust NHL.com for the advanced stats anyway, uh, because we just the, people have found a lot of freaking errors in the way the stats are are shown. But most of the advanced stats sites are going out there and they're literally mining every game's uh, complete play by play to dig out all of these events. And yeah, the events are counted by people, and there's not. So there's not really like one guy overseeing everything going like, Oh no, you, why did you call this a shot? And this shouldn't have been a shot. So yeah, there's, it's not perfect, but it's not that bad either. Like as long as you don't consider she like hits and turnovers and takeaways or giveaways and takeaways that just don't trust it at all because there's no control. It's wild West. Um, it's, it's real, real garbage, but Shot attempts and the the possession kind of stats are pretty good. Uh, what? I don't know. I got. I have no words on that. Okay. Bus number thirteen wants to ask me a question. So okay. Everybody All right. Everybody else, continue shutting up. E- egotistical prick. Uh, a few weeks ago, you mentioned on Twitter that you don't want to feel like wearing Datsu's jersey anymore. Why? Uh, my answer to that is that honestly, it's a case of I wear a Red Wings jersey with a player name on it out of pride, and I don't have that pride right now in concern as far as it concerns Datsuk and the Red Wings. Uh, I'm I've tried to make peace with the way everything went down, and I'm not there. I'm just not happy. Um, I'm not mad at Datsuk, but I I kind of am. Like I don't want to wear his jersey around. Like it's there were just a lot of things that went wrong and a lot of things that have rubbed me wrong, especially with, with Dan Milstein and the way he's basically like celebrated how everything went down. Uh, like he got one over on everybody. Um, JJ, would you take 13 or 91 in the Raptors right now? Oh, fuck you. Yeah, you're damn right. I have to take one? Yep, one. Uh, put 91 up there with Brad Richards' name. Fuck you. God, you're an asshole. Suck my ass. Yeah, well. Can we do the next question, please? Yeah, this question is for everyone, says Datsuki. <laughs> when you think back, what Pavel Datsuk player moment sticks out the most in your mind? Uh, you have already mentioned the Nash- the goal against Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you can stick that's, with that answer. That's you can mine change. for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What do you got, my computer? 
I'm going to take that uh, that one that, where there's the GIF out there. Um, I there's think many. it was against Dallas when uh, he just kept popped out of the way and the two guys nailed each other. That was San Jose. Hmm. San Jose, okay. Hmm. I mean, Dallas was Tatar, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. I would say, I mean, I, I think he, he's done it a bunch of times, but like, uh, you know, the shootout move, you know, goes in forehand, pulls it back, just like makes the goalie look foolish. No, if we're going to talk shootout moves, it's got to be the one where I think it was against Carey Price, where he, he pulled it uh, backhand, then forehand. And he was almost at the goal line and Price just went down and he just dumped yeah, it. He, in. Like he didn't run over it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Crawford. Okay, yeah. I knew it was against somebody I hated. Yeah, that was that was not Carey Price. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I think the specific the goal that that Peter mentioned, um, but specifically against Marty Turco wearing the uh, the old Dallas Mooderish jersey. Yeah, that crazy <laughs> third because that so was bad. That was as bad as a goalie has ever been made to look. Like he's still yeah. like that one. Bad jersey, think, bad goalie. It was just yeah. beautiful. When you think of a Pavel Datsuk shootout goal. That's that's the one that comes to my mind instantly. So that one for me, or the 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 uh, Niemi goal, the Niemi shootout goal, where he just oh god, everybody know you, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, the Niemi goal where he just flicked it over his like he flicked it over Niemi, like literally he flicked it over him. That was one of those goals where I was like. This dude is an alien. I also liked when he backchecked Shea Weber a couple of times. Like, that happened really many times. Surprise. <laughs> no, there's like one specifically where like Weber um, cross-checked him, and then Datsu got in front of him and like really like jumped back into Weber, and that pissed Weber off. So he cross-checked him again. So Datsu did it again and he knocked him on his ass. And then the Corey Perry fight. Yeah, yeah fights right on top. Still not wearing a jersey. Uh, Oscar Levin wants to ask a duck question, which I'm not going to ask. But would you rather have Donald Trump's hair or Donald Trump's genitals? Ah, uh, God. Just a uh, meteorite hit me right now. Huge. No? No answers, Peter? Yeah. I don't know. I don't it seems like that. a lose-lose. Um, I mean, if I take the hair, can I just shave it? Or do sure. I have to keep it? Okay, no, then I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Then. If I could shave the hair, then I'll take the hair. Yeah, I'm going to take the hair too because I shave my head anyway. So I would wear the hair proudly, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Why you have nice hair? Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Lark of the next one wants to know uh, by the look of some of the new signings and guys being brought up from the respective clubs to the Griffins. It looks like they'll have a very good team. Uh, who are you most looking forward to see play in Grand Rapids? Uh, names Laredo, Sadoe, Chevy, Turgeon, Hicketts. Um, I would say it's Matt Dorito. <laughs> I like Rap Burrito, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just say, no, I, I honestly, I think it's uh, Hicketts for me, but I think it's funny that Matt Dorito would be good. And I say Matt Dorito just because J.J., asked who the fuck is Matt Dorito when we signed him. So but no, I, I think that Hicketts or honestly Svechnikov. That's yeah. 
that's the big one for me, Smetchnikov. I want to see what he can do because uh, in the AHL playoffs, like he didn't put up a bunch of points in in the what like two games he played, but I think that I really, really, really am interested in what Smetchnikov is going to be at the next level. So yeah, Smetchnikov is right there. Plus, Smetchnikov has a I don't know. He has a cute face, and he's m- missing a tooth, so I like him. Yeah, he's scampishly adorable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's an adorable Russian who is just really good at ping pong, and you don't know if he's good at hockey or not yet. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get weird. I say Sadoui. I, I, I want to see what he's got. That's a good uh, one, too. Sadoui is, that is, that's a big one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yep. from 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 reading what Michelle had to say uh, about the prospect camp, it sounds like you know he definitely, you know, has a, has a bright future. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he does this here in the AHL. Um, you know, how how close is he to be, uh, you know, to being ready to come up? Yeah, Peter, I think I'm with you on that one with Sadly, just because I, I think this team might need a a, a Homer 2.0 to be effective we have and playing in uh <laughs> in Sweden. tell me about it <laughs> yeah but like that that real good net front guy who can bury a puck or deflect a puck or just screen a goalie and i don't think we've got i mean we've got amplicator who tries bless his heart but i i don't think we've had anybody remotely close to what Homer was able to do in terms of generating disruption in front of the net that we could take advantage of. And from what I've seen of Sadoy, it looks like he he might not be in the generating portion yet, but he's at least in the able to take advantage of it aspect that that Homer was. Um, so yeah, I want to see if that translates. I agree that we do need that uh, home from 2.0 kind of guy. I think that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's got a yeah. Bertuzzi is Bertuzzi is the guy for sure. He is really really good at uh, deflecting pucks. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing what Sadoui can do in that regard as well. And I don't disagree with you. I just think that uh, that Bertuzzi's another one of that mold. I think Bertuzzi's, Bertuzzi's going to be like a like a total shit pest and uh, like a Brendan Gallagher type of player. And uh, I can't wait. Yeah, we we need that. So bad, yeah. Uh, KDN6 wants to know, any predictions for who would be the odd people out of Sorry RV and Hicketts playing Grand Rapids this year? Um, Sorry, Sorry RV will not play in Grand Rapids this year because he is yeah. going to Saginaw because he just got traded there. Or I'm sorry, Kitchener. Mississauga, yeah. Or, was it Kitchener or Mississauga? Mississauga. Mississauga. It's Mississauga. Okay. So he's going to Mississauga. I don't know. It's the OHL. I don't really give that much of a shit. Um... So Mississauga, he if he, I don't think he's going to spend any time in the AHL. Uh, the Griffins did a really good job at signing a bunch of players. So um, Hicketts, I'm all aboard the Hicketts train, baby, because he has nowhere else to go in terms of junior hockey. So yeah, I think that uh, let's see, our guys out looking at the Griffins roster right now. They only have two defensemen who are. Only Griffins, uh, Matt Cato and Nathan Page. 
Uh, and then they've got Russo, Sproul, Jensen, Willett, Lashoff, Runoff, and Hickett. So that makes nine total defensemen. But you've also got Sproul, Willett, and um, Jensen as kind of questions. So I don't think there's necessarily going to be an odd man out. Uh, if there are, uh, I don't think Page is going to sit. But I, I don't know anything about Cato, honestly. Yeah, uh, I, I think that might be an ECHL guy. Yeah, uh, he Hopefully. might be the replacement for uh, Nadamlo. And you and you might see Hicketts in the ECHL, which isn't a bad thing for him. I mean, you know, you yeah. want to see him playing AHL minutes, but you know, uh, you, you, you've seen a lot of players who were able to develop from the ECHL to the AHL, uh, such as Martin Furk, who, <laughs> oddly enough, probably will never play for the Red Wings, but eh, whatever. Uh, let's see. Next question. How oh, this asshole. Uh, Kyle Wim wants to know, hey, <laughs> hey, can you guys talk about Team Europe? Thanks. Uh, hey, we this have is so about, many players playing for Team Europe now. Yeah, Vanek, uh, Nielsen, and Tatar are now all Red Wings on Team Europe. So are we rooting for them? Nope. You, everybody else? Yeah. Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, it's a year. I'm I'm yeah. I'm rooting for Team Larkin. Yeah, I think I got to be on that train too. Like, I I just want to see Larkin do as well as possible to feel good about the future of this team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 hard not to say I'm rooting for Team USA. I mean, that's that's tough. Uh, oh yeah, you always root for Justin Ablocator, but well, no, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, if we can only pick one team, I think I go with Larkin. Although I think I'm, I'm definitely more interested in Team Europe now. Yeah, you'll follow them closer, but like I'm still rooting for Team North America just because that's that's basically the best spite win out of the tournament, yeah. unless sure. they yeah. unless they put uh, Team Snub in there. <laughs> and plus, I mean, like USA is in Team North America, so problem solved. There we go. Yeah, like you get the USA is the stuff. You get USA people winning the tournament without it having to be like the team that left Phil Kessel off their roster entirely. Exactly. Yep. I changed my mind. Team North America. I'm honestly like I I don't care if (laughs) if you want to call me a traitor. I'm rooting against Team USA just because I hate the way that team was built. Like I guess I'll root for them above like over Canada, but like. Basically, yeah. anybody else, I think that I would be rooting, like, even for Team Europe, which looks like the Decepticons. Rooting <laughs> 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 uh, for uh, Team North America. And uh, outside of that, if I had to choose one, you know, I, I guess I'll take Team Europe just because I like Thomas Tatar and I'd like to see Thomas Vanek and uh, uh, Franz Nielsen make an impact for their team uh, before they come to Detroit and inevitably uh, be blamed for everything. So, I bet Tortorella doesn't play him anywhere near the same line. Just be an asshole. Wait, never mind. He's not the team. He's not the coach of that team. I don't know who yeah. the other uh, it, it was, uh, you know what? You, you tried, at least. That was, that was, that's all that that was awful. Um, anyways, uh, moving on from that, uh, final thoughts. Um, there's there not many final question. thoughts to be had, right? There was one more question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Honestly, I was going to ask that Yvette S19 just ask it for the next one, though, because we've run long enough, and this is kind of an in-depth question. So, 
So we're not going with that. We're question. not going to answer it. Okay. Well, then, thanks for interrupting me. Anyways, final thoughts. You're welcome. <laughs> final thoughts for the night, guys. Uh, uh, on our second attempt at a podcast, um, mine would be that the Red Wings need to trade for Tyson Berry as soon as possible. Anybody else? Why the hell would you pick Team <sighs> Mystic? Team Mystic? Um, yeah. I, you know, I guess it's just because blue is is just a better color than red. Red wings, <laughs> red. Jesus. No, it has nothing to do with sports at all. You're a shitheart. I'm a shitheart. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. <laughs> I should have picked yellow because that's where PK Subin is now, right? Yeah. Honestly, if it weren't for like the the color yellow, I would have I would have picked Team Instinct. But fuck yellow, it's a shit color. It's a P color. Yeah. I'm trying well, to come up with something. I'm exhausted. All right. Okay, you guys. Okay, so no final hockey thoughts uh, aside from the Red Wings should make a really good trade. Where the Red Wings should Jonathan. fleece somebody. Yeah, we trade yeah. Jonathan Erickson for uh, PK Subban or something like that. So um, with that. <laughs> it's been fun tonight for our second time. Uh, for me, Kyle, we got JJ, we got Mike, and we have Peter. Hopefully we will talk to you guys again. It's been a pleasure. Uh, sorry if it has been a little off tonight because Justin, our producer, was a complete asshole and decided to not record us the first time well, around. Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. And then we realized that an hour and a half in. Uh, you guys have a good night. We will talk to you last uh, next time. This has been Winging Motown Radio. I've not been shit off the top of